Welcome to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Summertime has traditionally been sheer insanity for us. I know I've always heard people use the term like lazy summer or lazy summer days. And every time I hear it, I'm like, where did you guys come up with that? Because that is not a thing. I haven't had a lazy summer since maybe I was like eight years old. Come on, y'all. But anyway, I know that for us, summer is very full. And I know for a lot of you, you're relating as I say this. Um, It's very full. It's very packed. It's nonstop. And honestly, for us, by the time school rolls around in the fall, it kind of feels like a break. However, this year is a little bit different. And I have decided to consciously step off of the summer crazy train once and for all and actually take control of my schedule. So I know this will apply to many of you as well. So here is the scoop. I'm your host, Jill Winger, and this is the podcast for the Trailblazers, the Mavericks, the Makers, the Homesteaders, the Modern Pioneers, and the Backyard Farmers. If you're ready to boost your food security and live a more homegrown lifestyle, well, this is the podcast for you. This episode is brought to you by Redmond's Real Salt, which is the number one salt I use in all of my homestead cooking. I've learned over the years that not all salt is created equal and having the good stuff really does make a difference in your culinary adventures. Redmond's is mined in the good old US of A and I love that they use sustainable practices and that it contains 60 plus trace minerals that not only make it incredibly good for you, but it tastes better too. Since I can't grow salt myself, obviously, I like to buy it in bulk since it saves me some cash and it doesn't go bad, so it's an easy thing to stock up on. Right now for the month of June, Redmond's is offering 15% off your purchase just for my podcast listeners. Head on over to theprairiehomestead.com slash salt and use the code homestead to snag your discount. Plus, if you spend $50 or more, the shipping is free. I think that the whole catalyst for this summer change or transformation for me has honestly been COVID, maybe not in the way that you may assume, but as everything in our life, and I'm sure your life as well, was canceled this spring and summer, it got me to thinking about how many things we do out of habit or obligation or routine or just because. And we think they have to happen because we've always done it or people tell us we have to do it or it's just on the calendar. So obviously we're going to do it. And then when suddenly they aren't there anymore, they're canceled, they're erased. I don't know, the world doesn't end. And maybe our businesses stay the same and our happiness levels stay the same. Or maybe they increase a little bit because we don't feel so crazy. And just this phenomenon that I was personally feeling as my calendar very quickly cleared out, it caused me to start analyzing my life a little bit more. And I know this isn't maybe the case for all of you. I know there's a lot of disappointments as well around the cancellations and um, I don't want to make light of those or ignore that opposite end of the spectrum. But um, in a number of folks that I've talked to, it seems like that a, a consensus I'm hearing quite a bit is that they kind of like the slightly reduced calendar load. And for me, as I started to think about this and, and think about, okay, well, 
what about next year? Let's say, you know, COVID kind of stabilizes and life sort of goes back to normal. How many of these things, if they are suddenly available again to me, these events or these traveling opportunities, do I even want to say yes to them again? Because it was kind of nice just to not have them and they didn't really honestly affect what I was doing one way or the other. So it just started uh, to cause me to think through things. It was kind of begun in my business and in my business tasks. And I, I have a business coach I work with and I had been talking to him about, you know, how can I work less? Like I'm not traveling as much right now. I kind of like it. I like this new feeling of being home more. And what if I start to strategically do less and maybe in a roundabout way that will actually propel me forward and also just give me margin and free time. Because what I started to realize, not just in my business, but also just in my life, is that I have a habit, and listen up and see if this is something you relate to, because I know this is not just me. I have a habit of doing work for work's sake. And what I mean by that is I have a lot of energy. I'm type A, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've, you know me probably if you've listened to this very often, this podcast that I um, like to do a lot of things. I enjoy it. But some of the things I was doing was just kind of almost busy work, just constantly moving just to say I was constantly moving and I wasn't really thinking about why I was doing those tasks. And so I started to sit back and go, wait, what are the things that are actually moving myself, my life, my business forward? And what are the things I'm just doing is kind of fillers just to make me feel like I'm doing something. Um, because in reality, as I started to get a little more introspective, I realized that a lot of the things I was doing, I was doing them in an efficient way, but they weren't necessarily effective if that makes sense. So I was doing them in an organized, planned out, methodical way, but they weren't actually um, awesome in, in as far as moving myself and what I really wanted to do closer to my goals. So interestingly enough, as I started to analyze different parts of my life, I've been reading different books and different podcasts, not reading podcasts, listening to podcasts, you know what I mean, but I'm always consuming information. I just love to learn. And as I was reading books and listening to podcasts, the Pareto principle kept coming up. And whenever things come up to me from different avenues repeatedly in a short period of time, I'm like, okay, I think I need to pay attention to this. Um, this is meant for me to hear right here, right now. And the Pareto principle is something I am familiar with. I've heard it before. I've thought about it before. I've read about it before, but I think it, it was definitely time for a refresh on this idea. And in case you aren't familiar with it, the Pareto principle is also known as the 80-20 rule. And honestly, I feel like I knew about it for a long time, kind of in passing, but I didn't really dig in deeply and think about how it actually could apply to my life. And it's a really cool concept. And it and I think that no matter whether you're a business owner or you're just a, not just a homesteader, but you have a homestead um, or you're a mom with a household to run or you're an employee, like there is a lot of application here for you. So let me try to explain this. Um, Pareto was an engineer in Italy back in the uh, late 1800s. And it's actually this 80-20 rule started off as an economic principle, but then he realized it could also be 
applied to pretty much all of life. So for example, Pareto realized that in his garden, and I feel like this is very much speaking to you and me, right? It's economics, but it's also in the garden. So it's like perfect. Um, that 80% of his peas, his, his pea harvest was produced by 20% of the pea pods he planted. So think about that for a minute for my gardeners. Um, think about your crops. And I'm guessing that you'll find this to be true or very close to being true in your own gardens as well. 80% of the harvest is coming from 20% of the plants. And so if we take that into a more broad you know, uh, definition, we could say that 80% of the outputs result from 20% of the inputs. A few other ways to describe it, in case you're still having a hard time wrapping your brain around it, because I had to really think about it when I first heard it. 80% of the results come from 20% of the effort. Or if you are looking at a different angle, 80% of the consequences flow from 20% of the causes, right? So you can take this um, as deep as you want to go with it, but I find it fascinating. And it's something I've been ruminating on for several weeks now. Um, I've been thinking about it in my garden. What are the... Um, 80% of enjoyment or 80% of the foods I like to eat that might be coming from 20% of the things I planted. Um, I'm looking at it in my business. What are the 80% of my results or the things that are pushing my business forward that are coming from 20% of my actions? We can look at it in so many different ways. Um, but this has been a great guiding light for me as I have been reevaluating our summer and our schedule and my business and our home routines and, and everything that we're doing right now. So if you want to dig in deeper to the Pareto principle, you'll find a lot of it online. So you can Google it. Um, but I think it's a really, really valuable thing to start to analyze if we're feeling overwhelmed or we feel like we're doing too much, which is really, really common in our modern life, right? We have a lot of options, more options than ever before. Um, and it's really easy to add too much to our plate. So the first thing I did with this idea is I started going through my business tasks. And I know not all of you have businesses, but you can take this same principle and apply it into your homestead tasks as well. So bear with me here. So what I did first is I took a piece of paper, I drew a line down the middle, and on one side of that line, I made a list of everything I was doing in a week's time in my business. So writing a blog post, recording podcasts, recording YouTube videos, posting on Instagram, posting on Facebook, answering email. I mean, the list was quite long because I do a lot of things in a week and I am efficient at those things. I am very efficient at them, but that doesn't mean they were effective. So I had my list on the one side of all the things that I was doing. And then on the other side of my line, I wrote a much shorter list of the best results I've had in the past year, right? Maybe some big revenue wins or some big features that I liked or some things that, that happened in my business that moved my business forward that I'm really proud of or I'm really happy with. And that list was a lot shorter. And then I drew a line from all of the tasks to the result that they connected with, right? Um, so an example would have been... Um, I had a really cool opportunity to have like three seconds of one of my YouTube videos show up on national TV in a commercial this spring. Like it was all over the place on all the primetime networks. Um, 
And so that came as a result of me being present on YouTube. And so I drew a line from the cool commercial spot I got down to my YouTube videos, because I knew that that action of producing YouTube videos was directly in line with getting that commercial spot. And there's some other good things that happened from me publishing on YouTube. Um, um, some other things, you know, I've got some great sponsor relationships going as a result, a result of this podcast. I've got to work with some really cool companies and it's been beneficial for both of us. So I was able to draw a line from producing podcast content down to some great sponsor relationships. So those connected. And when there were, but there were a lot of things on my task list that didn't have a connection to any real result, maybe a little result, but nothing really quantifiable. And so I started to go, oh, all of these things that I've been doing, running around like busy work woman, really aren't doing as much as I thought they were. They just make me feel like I'm being productive, but they're really not. And so that gave me a little more freedom and a different perspective to start crossing things off of my weekly task list. And so I know that's a business example, but think about your homestead or even just your household right now. Do this exact same exercise there and start connecting the dots of what are you doing running around um, like a crazy person just to feel like you're doing the things versus what are getting the biggest results. And the results might be your level of happiness, your level of peace, your level of feeling like you have enough food in the pantry or your, your home is peaceful and running smoothly. I, I mean, the results can be all sorts of things. Whatever is important and priority to you, um, make those connections. And I think it's going to give you a lot of freedom. Um, and also for me, it was really interesting to see how many of the things that I thought I had to do or the world would end a lot of those things were actually just self-imposed. And that is weird feeling, but also very freeing. So try it. Let me know what you think. 80-20 rule. It's kind of magical. Um, okay, so as I started doing this analyzing, um, I did a few other little pieces within this. The first one, obviously, is once I had my list in black and white in front of my eyeballs, I started to realize a lot of the things I had been saying yes to on the periphery in my life were really not adding anything to my life. It wasn't adding anything to the bottom line of my business. It wasn't adding any more connection or relationships or happiness or joy into my personal life. They were just things I was saying yes to just for the sake of saying yes. And I think we've talked about this before on the podcast. It can get tricky because a lot of times when you're getting really, really strategic with simplifying your life and reducing your level of overwhelm, you end up saying good, or excuse me, you end up saying no to good things. You know, they're not bad things. They're opportunities or events or things you have the opportunity to do that aren't bad. There might, they might, you might be mildly interested in them, but if you're going to get really strategic and give yourself that space, sometimes you have to say no to the good things. So you can say yes to the great things that are really, really a fit for you and are really going to propel you forward in your relationships or your community work or your business or whatever you're doing, your homestead tasks, right? So it can be tricky. Like I used to um, think, well, I'm just going to say no to the things that obviously I don't want to do. But sometimes you have, you're kind of on that gray area and you really have to self-reflect. Uh, the other piece of that is I can be a people pleaser right? It's something I've worked on, but I, I think a lot of us can probably relate to this. I like the feeling of making other people happy. 
obviously it feels good when someone, I say yes to them, that I'm going to do something for them or participate in their event. And they're like, yay, Jill's a team player. Like, I like that feeling. Um, but that doesn't always mean I should do that thing, right? Sometimes it's not a good fit for me or my family. And so it's been this process of saying no a lot more, saying no to some events or some traveling opportunities or some things that people wanted me to participate in that weren't bad things. They just weren't a great fit. And I have been practicing listening to my gut a little bit more. And that has been really interesting and also super helpful. And I I know you've heard that phrase before, listening to your gut. Um, It's not a new concept, but I think a lot of times we get a little bit lost in knowing exactly what that looks like. So here's what I've been doing and thinking about that has helped me. When I am presented with something that I have the option to say yes or no to, and I may be in that spot, I'm in limbo and I'm like, I don't know, is this a good thing or is this something I should say no? Um, I, I sit there for a minute and I listen to how my, what my body is telling me. And sometimes this is tricky because we often ignore our bodies. And so we have years and years worth of just not feeling things and, are, and ignoring the signals. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do if you're not sure what this feels like. First, I want you to get still and get quiet in a place where you can concentrate. And I want you to think about something that you have done or it's a piece of your life that is a heck yes to you. Maybe it was how you felt when you bought your homestead property, if you have a homestead property. Or maybe it was how you felt when you said yes to a job that you really, really wanted. Or you got into the school, like when you were in college, that you really, really wanted to get into. I don't know what it is. Just something that you had the opportunity to participate in, that you really wanted. And I want you to think about how your body felt right? Maybe you had butterflies in your stomach. Maybe you, your heart rate increased and you, you felt a little warm and fuzzy all over. You felt a little flush with excitement. Just take note of that. Then also take a minute and think about how your body feels when you, there's something that you just absolutely don't want to do. Um, that is just not a fit for you. So let me think of an example. Um, if somebody, <laughs> this is silly, but if someone asked me, hey, Jill, do you want to go into town with me and get a manicure today? <laughs> no, I don't. My instant response is my body is like, no, not interested just because there's nothing wrong with manicures, but it's something I have 0% interest in spending my time doing. So the way my body feels when I think about going to get a manicure is like, I feel nothing. I feel like there's no feeling in my body. It's kind of like empty feeling, right? There's no warmth. There's no flush. There's no heartbeat increase. It's just like, no, right? So just start listening to those signals and you'll, sometimes you'll feel it in different places in your body, your gut, your chest, uh, your skin, your limbs, pay attention and start listening to what your gut is telling you. If you're not sure, if someone offers you an opportunity and you're not sure what to do with it, uh, listen, Listen to your body. It's something we don't do as modern humans. I think we're very disconnected from that. And it's not woo-woo. It's not weird. It's very normal, right? It's just something we have disconnected with as we've gotten more cultured and technologically savvy. Um, Oh, one more example with that. I have hinted on this, hinted at this on Instagram once, um, but this is the official announcement. Christian and I just bought a house. (laughs) We're not moving. We're not selling at our homestead, but there's a little 
tiny town to the north of us that I have had my eye on for many years to bring some life back into that town. And I have plans. I will not go into all of them today, but my first step is we bought a old house in town. It's a very tiny town, like 250 people. So it's not exactly big city. There's no stoplights, um, but it's a neglected old house with great bones fantastic bones. It was an old farmhouse and I think they built the town around it. It's about a hundred years old. Amazing. Needs some loving uh, and needs some work, but you know how Christian and I are. We like the projects. So it was a steal, like a steal, ridiculous, what we were able to get the house for. And when we went to look at it the first time, we pulled up in the driveway and I knew, my body knew that that was our house. I could feel it in my gut. Um, I walked around. I didn't like, I, I just knew. I can't, I can't even explain it to you. I just knew. I had this feeling. It was the same feeling I felt when we pulled onto our homestead for the first time uh, 12 years ago when we were looking at it with a realtor. I just knew. Um, so when you start listening, I think it's really exciting because it, it makes the decision-making process. And if you ever have to like kind of talk yourself into something, I would say, sit back and ask yourself if that's really something you should even be considering if it's something you have to talk yourself through. So anyway, um, hopefully that was helpful, but I've been really nerding out on that lately and it's, it's something really good to consider. Okay. Moving on. Listen to your gut. Say no. Another thing I'm doing, I talked about this in, in an episode oh, a couple weeks ago is I'm working on putting more systems in place because I don't know if you've heard the term decision fatigue. It's a thing. And I, whenever I hear the word decision fatigue, I always think of the very famous example of Steve Jobs and his clothing. So he knew that humans, we only have a certain capacity for a certain number of decisions in a given day. And when we start using up our decision quota, it's harder for us to make decisions, you know, throughout our working day or whatever we're doing. And even little decisions. So Steve Jobs, they say, would wear the same clothes. Maybe not the same exact clothes, but he would have like five of the same shirt and five of the same pants. So he never had to stand in his closet and think about what he would wear that day. He had just decided that he was going, this was almost like his uniform. And he, it was one less thing he had to make a decision about that morning. And it freed his brain up for bigger decisions later on. Um, and I love that concept. And honestly, I don't have like five of the exact same shirt, but <laughs> I do have, you know, I don't really put a lot of thought into what I wear around the homestead anyway. Um, I have a certain number of work t-shirts and a certain number of work pants, and that's just what I wear. But beyond just the clothing example, I've been thinking a lot about how I can remove decision fatigue from other parts of my day. Um, so when I talked about the garden zones, that was a, a step in the right direction for me in eliminating this idea of having to create a new plan for the garden every single day. What am I going to do today in the garden? Let me go think about it. Like, I don't have to do that now. I know each day which zone of the garden I am going to be working on. And I have a clear place to start and a clear place to finish. And it gives my brain a lot more peace when I can cross that off. Um, another thing that was really wearing me out at the beginning of the summer um, now that when we, when we stopped our homeschool for the, for the year, I implemented some new chores for the kids. And initially I was just keeping the chore list in my brain <laughs> and the kids would come to me every morning and say, mom, what chore do I do today? 
before I can go play. And I had to think about it. And I had to think about what did you do yesterday? And it, it, it honestly was, it felt overwhelming and really cumbersome. So I sat down for 30 minutes one morning. I created a spreadsheet um, with each kid and each chore for whatever day of the week. And now they can go and read it and they don't have to ask me. And it's simple and I don't have to think about it. That made our mornings feel a lot more smooth. Um, and it's just those little things I would challenge you to think about in your life. What are the things that you are forcing yourself to think through over and over every single day that you could simplify via a system? And I don't profess to be the systems expert. I'm pretty organized, but sometimes I feel like I'm, I don't know how to describe it. I'm organized by the seat of my pants. I just kind of just fly through life and it just works. So I'm slowly but surely working on just getting a little more systematized. And what I've done so far has really helped. So get creative with those areas of your life that feel a little chaotic. Sometimes at the beginning, it takes a little bit more time to create a system and get it set up and implement it. But in the long run, it's going to save you way more time. Okay. Um, and a few more things. These are a little bit more business related. So some of you who have a business may find these helpful, but these also will still be something that you want to hear because they directly affect you as a member of the Prairie Homestead community. So uh, keep listening. But one of the biggest things I've done in my business to free up more time for myself beyond my 80-20 list of figuring out what things I just don't need to be doing is I have been letting go of control <laughs> in some of my business tasks, letting go of more control, which you may have guessed is a little bit hard for me. Um, I like to think I'm not a control freak. I've gotten really better, not really, not really better. I've gotten much better <laughs> over the years at outsourcing, but sometimes it's still a challenge for me. And there's still these beliefs that I have that I am the only one who can do this thing right. Do you have those beliefs? I'm guessing that you might. Um, if you're listening to this episode, I feel you, my friend. I am there. I've been there. I'm working through it. And maybe that is true for a very, very, very small handful of things. But I've been pushing myself to think maybe there's a lot of things I've held on to very tightly and have been 100% convinced that I am the only one who can do it correctly. Uh, that hasn't necessarily been the case. So for me, um, I have employees in my business. And I have been giving them more responsibility. And they're perfectly capable. They're fantastic. Uh, it's just been a mental block that I've had that I need to do this and I need to do this and I need to have my fingers in all of it. Um, and I just don't. It's not. That's not a true story. So I've been giving my employees more responsibility. They have risen to the occasion. It's been beautiful and wonderful. And just being able to literally create more hours in my day by handing off tasks that I previously thought were only possibly going to be able to be done by me has been a huge, huge game changer. And if you don't have a business and you don't have employees, I would challenge you that maybe if you have children, <laughs> your children can probably do more than you think they can. Um, I know for me, it's, it's challenging when we have small children. Um, we get into the routine of doing everything for them. And then for me, I kind of had to like, as my children got a little bit older, I had to like snap out of, oh, Jill, they're, you know, they're little kids. Now they're like bigger kids and they can take on more responsibility. So your kids are more capable than they, than you think they are. 
Time and time again, my kids surprise me. And I have been working on giving them more responsibility, asking them to do more. And trust me, they don't do chores all day. My kids have a lot of free time, a lot of playtime. Um, but they also are pretty darn capable. It's amazing. I have a 10-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 4-year-old. And even the 4-year-old, who I call my feral child, she is a wild woman, um, she can do a lot. Like, she's been wiping down bathroom counters and taking out trash and folding laundry and feeding the dogs. And those little things really do free up. And, you know, three kids, you multiply those chores times three, it's kind of cool. Now, that being said... It's not always smooth. And absolutely, when I introduce a new chore, there is some weeping and gnashing of teeth going on. <laughs> and the kids are, oh, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it. I don't want to do it. So we have to work through that. We have to be consistent. And there are definitely mornings where I'm like feeling like I should just burn the chore list. And I'm just like, I'll do it myself because it'll be easier. But that's not that's not true. Um, and sticking with it and being consistent has paid off and it continues to pay off. So if you have children, some of you don't, but if you do, maybe start rethinking what they could do to be helpful around the house. And here's the deal. The kids will act like you are torturing them at first, but eventually they start to take pride in their jobs, right? And you can praise them and you can talk about it. And I know for my kids, they take a lot of pride now in their barn chores. Um, so much so that my 10 year old knows more about the barn routine than I do. And if I go down and help her with chores every once in a while, I'll do that just for fun. She has to literally tell me what to do because I don't even, I don't even know her routine because she is so proficient at it. And she takes a lot of pride as she should. And I love, love seeing that. So, um, I I just think that's, it's really fun to have the kids help around the house, the homestead, the barn, the garden. And I'm consistently amazed at how much they're capable of. Okay, these last two things are probably more announcements for you than anything, but there'll be two changes you're going to see in the content, the free content I produce for you guys via the Prairie Homestead platforms. Um, I'm actually really excited about both of these, and I think you will be too. The first one is that I hired a videographer to help me with my YouTube videos. You may have noticed if you watch my YouTube channel, it's the Prairie Homestead over on YouTube, I haven't been publishing anything for the month of June. And initially that started off as accidental and then I just decided to take a break um, because as I was looking at my 80-20 list, I realized that a lot of good comes from the YouTube channel, but man, producing videos is something I just don't love. Editing is a long, tedious process. And it's just not something I really feel I'm very good at, nor do I really care to become better at, if that makes sense. I love producing the videos. I just don't like, um, well, let me, let me rephrase that. I love teaching you guys via video, but I don't love producing the videos. So I have found an amazing videographer who's local to me, and she's going to come up and shoot video for me and also edit it. And the quality is going to be a bazillion times better than anything I could have produced. And I think it's, you guys are going to love it. It's going to just really free up my creativity around videos. So don't worry. My YouTube videos will be coming back uh, in July and they're going to be better than ever. The other thing I am switching up a little bit, and this is related to this podcast. We are going to be producing two episodes a week instead of three. Now, my goal with this 
is to be able to take a little bit more of a deep dive into the topics we're covering. Um, so it's going to be the same pattern you're used to, like, don't worry, the content and the my style is going to be the same, but we just might add a little bit more, a little more meaty, um, since we're going from three down to two. And I'm going to be starting a new series here on the podcast. Um, my sister, who you guys have never met on any of my Prairie Homestead stuff, I have one sister, she's four years younger than me. She just bought a little piece of property and she wants to turn it into a homestead. And she, even though she's related to me, she has, doesn't know a whole lot about homesteading. So I thought it would be fun if once a week or once every other week, she comes on this podcast with me and I will be coaching her through the process of starting this homestead from scratch. Like it has a little house, it has a little shed, that's it. And she's wanting to do goats and gardens and cook more. And I thought it would be helpful for you to hear how I would help someone in that position start from scratch and move into the homestead of their dreams. Because I know a lot of you are in that exact same position. So it'll be, there'll be really fun episodes, um, relaxed and conversational, and also a lot of really good nuggets for those of you who are just interested on how you start from ground zero. So I'm super excited for that little series that will be mixed in with the rest of my episodes. So be watching for that. And all in all, I'm, I'm really excited. I, the summer feels better than ever to me. And I hope that this episode inspired you to think about your life and your schedule just a little bit differently. I'm just going to say that if you would have asked me how flexible my schedule was three months ago, I would have been like, absolutely not at all. I have no flexibility. I'm doing the, the things I have to do. I cannot cut any of them out. But it turns out that that really wasn't true. And time and time again, I have discovered that when I can step out of my comfort zone of what I think is possible or what I think I am locked into out of obligation, and I ask myself that magical little question, what if? That's when things get exciting. What if I don't have to do all of these things I've told myself are necessary? What if I have more freedom than I think? What if the world won't end if I just say no to this thing that I really don't want to do in the first place? It's magic, and I hope you will give it a try. And that is it for today, my friends. I hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you will have all those brand new episodes showing up in your podcast player automatically. I appreciate you so much. I love producing these podcasts for you. I love your comments. I love the reviews and ratings. Thank you so much. And don't hesitate if you found a particular episode helpful to give it a screenshot and post it over on Instagram or Facebook. I'd love to reshare it and give you a little shout out. So we will catch up again on the next episode of the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast. Happy homesteading, my friend.